Good afternoon. I have the lovely Tony Forder back with me. Hiya, Tony. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? I will do, lovely Donna. So, uh, yeah, I'm Tony Forder. I'm a crime and thriller writer. And, uh, well, that's about it. That's me introduced. That's Fabulous. it. That's what I do these days. Well, that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want me to say? Oh, don't worry. I've got questions. I'll get it out of you. All right. We'll see how we go then. We will. First, I guess we should start off by talking about the new book, which is out today. Oh, do you mean this one? I do. Available at all good Amazon sites across <laughs> the entire universe is The Huntsman. What do you want to know? Tell us about it. You wrote it. It's your book. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, I did, but it's a long time ago now. Um, I'll see what I can remember. Um, so, yeah, first book in a new series, hopefully a new series. Um, that depends on, you know, my brain staying functioning for the next year or so. Um, yeah, this one is set in Wiltshire. Um, it's actually on the right in the Wiltshire, Berkshire border, I think. Um, I've actually, it's, a, it's in, set in a place called Little Soli. And the reason I chose that is because I, when I was looking at places on the map, I saw this wonderful place called Crooked Soli. And I thought, oh, what a fabulous name. But I couldn't use it because it's real. So I, I invented Little Soli, which is kind of close by. But I'd love to have used Crooked Soli. I think that sounds, I'd love to live there, actually. Um, so, yeah, this one features uh, D.S. Royston Chase, uh, D.C. Claire Laney, and a PCSO called uh, Alison May. Um, and the reason it's only a small team is because it's in this tiny little village. And the reason why it, it, it's even open to the public uh, becomes obvious as to why it exists in this particular place. Um, and essentially, it's, yeah, it's about the sort of terrible, dark desires of a certain kind of people and uh, how much they can get away with because they're wealthy um, or of, you know, of some kind of substance. And um, it's really, it starts off with a, a road accident at which this ex-chief constable is killed. And um, it, he has someone alongside him who shouldn't be in the car with him. And um, Royston Chase is, he's a, he's a perfectly normal bloke in most ways. He's got, you know, a happy, he's happily married, got a daughter, got a great life. Um, but he was injured um, in the course of duty and it left him with um, a little minor brain uh, mishap which means he occasionally loses the ability to have a filter between what he thinks and what he says. Um, so that's his kind of little, uh, it, it, you know, a little thing about him that is out of the ordinary, should we say. And he finds himself in, in the midst of some strange conversations because of it. Um, so he gets involved in this case and basically is because of who 
the man was, the man who was killed, um, people don't really want him to go into great depth in this case. They want it done and dusted and out the back door. Um, but he soon finds there's more to it, especially when it links to something that happened um, when a girl went missing 20 odd years before. And um, he's landed with this uh, DC, Claire Laney, um, supposedly there to assist him. But she's coming towards the end of her career and she doesn't give a crap about anybody or anything, as is fairly obvious in their first meeting. And um, it's essentially about the two of them just deciding, you know, screw you, we're not going to let this one go. And also because the subject matter is, is so awful and so dark that they, can't, they feel as though they can't let it go. They've got to find out what happened and they, want, they definitely want people brought to justice because of it. Um, so it's in some ways, it's, uh, it is very, it's a very dark subject matter. At its core, it's dark and... and grimy and you want to have a shower afterwards but it doesn't I don't think it really reads like that at least that's the intention the intention was to kind of drip feed information to the reader to kind of let them know as the book goes along what's happening and who these people are and you know how bad it might get um, and, and kind of revealing um, some some groups get up to some kinds of people. Right, well, you're from your end. Is it, is it coming from your end or is it, or am I, is it inside my head? No, it's from my end. <laughs> Thank you. I thought someone, I thought I was interrupting me for a minute. <laughs> oh, it's worse than I thought. <laughs> The madness has really taken hold. <laughs> I keep thinking, shut up, shut up, stop interrupting yourself. <laughs> it wasn't me, I'm glad to say so. <laughs> I should have said it was, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, you missed, you missed the chance there, didn't you? I know. Anyway, I got very, uh, I got sidetracked there by thinking this voice was inside my head. I don't know if I've described the book at all, but yeah, let me just show it to you and just say, look, there it is. It could be yours. <laughs> it could. Um, so when you decided that you wanted to write a new series, did the storyline come to you first or the characters or what made yeah, you absolutely. choose? Storyline, um, it's, it's funny, when stories come to me, they come in certain ways. Um, mostly it's just a tiny little bit, um, which I could describe in sort of two or three sentences, and that's all. That's all I have to begin with. But even though I didn't know how each scene would pan out, I knew what this book was about. I knew where I wanted it to go and how it would end. So I knew this book. Before I even wrote a word, it was all inside of my head. And it all kind of came to me and stuck and sat with me for about half an hour. Yeah, that's, that's a really horrible story. Um, that's a really horrible thing, but I know it goes on and I know it's real. And 
but I didn't want to tell it as it was because it would have been it would have been easy to go down the route of um, you know being graphical about it and telling the real nitty gritty and telling all the ugly side. But I wanted people to realise the ugly side rather than be have it. Once I knew the story, sorry, I can hear those voices again. I'm just going to turn this speaker down a little bit. Um, yeah, so once I knew the story, I thought, okay, so how does, how's this going to work out? Is this a bliss book? And I sat with it for a little while and I thought, no, this doesn't, this feels as though it needs different characters. It didn't, didn't feel like a Jimmy Bliss book to me. So I had to sit down and think, how else could I write it? Um, where else, you know, where should I locate it? Because it didn't have a location in my head. So Wiltshire came, you know, fairly quickly because I know it quite well because I visit it, you know, um, on a fairly regular basis. So that was the location dealt with. Um, uh, and I wanted to keep it low key. I wanted to marginalise to a certain degree the, the characters involved. So that's why I set it in a little place, tiny little hamlet, you know, <clears throat> under the control of, a, of the major police force, there, the Wiltshire police. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it kind of hung around for a couple of weeks in my head and I was, thought, what am I going to do with these characters? And when they came to me, I didn't know if they would work. But I wanted... Obviously, with uh, Royston Chase, I wanted him to be very different to Jimmy Bliss. Not in terms of their kind of uh, their attitude towards the job or their kind of search for justice or their dedication to the job. I wanted those things to be the same. But I wanted their inner character um, and their, their hope, their whole life to be very different. So that's why I chose to have him as a family man, you know, happily married and um, just, you know, a very different character to Jimmy because he's much happier in himself as a person. Um, and then it was a matter of his partner. And <laughs> I, I kind of really thought I had a vision in my head of what she might look like and what her attitude might be straight away. Um, and I, I, I kind of, as soon as I thought it, I started laughing and I thought the two of them pitted against each other. And I thought, let's just give it a go. You know, let's let's try it. So I kind of wrote it with these two characters and uh, a third thrown in uh, as part of the team, but only in a minor way. And I sort of kind of got about halfway through and I thought to myself, okay, does this work? Would it work better with... Bliss and Chandler and the rest of the gang. And then I thought, well, okay, I don't think it would work better with them. So let's carry on with these and let's, you know, see how, let's, let's just see how they bounce off of each other, really. Um, so it, they grew out of that, you know, and I wanted, because it was a, such a dark subject matter, I wanted plenty of humour in it as well. And I didn't want the humour to feel forced. I didn't want them to put themselves in kind of silly positions and make jokes of that. So I wanted the two of them, just their natural way of being, 
to be funny when they were combined, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 that made the book feel real to me once I had the characters inside my head. Um, and then it was just a matter of making them work. But, yeah, the, st the story absolutely came to me. And I felt I had to write it. No matter who the characters were, I had to write the story. Um, but I also, in a way, I wanted to write something different because inevitably, Jimmy Bliss will end. Um, you know, because especially because of the age he is, you know, he, it, that series will come to an end. And I thought, well, rather than start a new series then, when that comes to an end, let me see if I can get one up and running so that I, there's another series there already for when Jimmy Bliss comes to an end. And so I'm glad I stuck with it because uh, I, I, I ended up liking these two characters quite a lot. And where did the idea of the brain injury and the no filter come from, which is just genius and hilarious? Well, you know, I like, I know some people, or to see in it, really. Some people say, oh, you know, they're, they're fed up with characters who are edgy or have baggage and all that kind of shit. Um, I, I don't mind those kind of characters and I don't mind if they're not there, but I don't mind them being there. But I thought, well, let's have characters who haven't really got, well, one of them, the main one, uh, let's have him as having none of that. But where does the conflict come in? Um, and I thought, well, let's have that be something natural. So I thought, you know, people often talk about, I mean, I people say to me that I don't have much of a filter um, in certain circumstances. And I thought, well, you know, I wonder if there is, you know, what could cause that. And, and there is, there is something that can cause you to occasionally burst out with something. I didn't want it to happen all the time. That was the thing. I didn't want it to be every conversation. It's kind of moments when he's not thinking about it or is under stress. Um, so I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be natural and kind of take people by surprise. You know, not just the person they're talking to, but the reader as well. And some of the things he says are quite shocking. Um, <clears throat> but I like that about him, you know. So uh yeah, that's kind of where he came in. That's where that brain injury came in. And I did a bit of research into it and found out what could cause it um, and how often it might affect him. And there's quite a wide range. So I was able to kind of use it as and when I felt it needed a moment of light heartedness. You know? Yeah, I can see you chuckling to yourself writing those lines. <laughs> well, that first, that first meeting between him and uh, Claire Laney. Um, yeah, I was, I was laughing as I was writing that. And I thought, I, I, but all the time I was thinking, I'd love to be in a discussion like this, you know? I'd love to have a discussion like that. I, I would love to have no filter um, because even I, as, as flimsy as it is, I, st I do have a filter. I don't always say what I'm thinking. Um, but you know, I, I I thought myself, yeah, I you know, first him uh, not having it, and her, her her after being appalled by what he was saying to her, um, and of course she's very forthright, 
so she gave him as good as she got. And yeah, that first scene in particular had me laughing. And I think most reviews I've seen have mentioned that particular scene, so yeah. it obviously worked. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked a charm, you know, but I knew I couldn't keep doing it because, um, you know, there, there are, you know, there's some uh, a few writers out there who have kind of what I would call comedy crime. You know, there's always something comedic in it and, you know, virtually every scene, virtually every chapter. And, you know, and they're great to read. Um, you know, I've read some of them myself. Um, but I didn't want it to be that. You know, it was just my choice, my personal choice of having it just happen occasionally and often enough that it you, you laughed at it and not so often that it irritated you, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I just, it was something that worked, thankfully. It could have, I could have fallen right on my ass writing this, you know. Um, but I thought, well, if it, if it, the proof in the pudding for me is if when I do my final read through, if I'm happy with it, then I'm happy to let it go. And I was happy with it. And I thought, well, that's as, you know, that's as good as I can write it. So it is what it is. Um, what would you say to um, your Bliss readers to, about uh, giving it a go? And what would you say to people that haven't read Bliss? Please, please read my book. Um, <laughs> um, so to Bliss readers, I would say, I suspect you will like this every bit as much. Um, if you haven't, you know, I mean, other than my ARC readers, you know, the book only came out today. And probably there's some people who read Bliss who are kind of, you know, waiting just to pick it up. Or they might not be interested because it's not Bliss. But I, you know, I think Bliss readers will definitely like it. Um, as for people who haven't even tried Bliss, if they, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not the best judge of that. I'm not the best judge of whether people are going to like it or not. But I think crime readers um, who haven't read any of it might even take might take to this easier than some of my other stuff um i don't know i, I think i think the characters are more easily accessible i think the story is told in shorter sharper chunks if you know what shorter um, I think there's just the right mix of uh, dialogue and description and that kind of thing. Um, but what I don't do with this is give a huge amount of backstory. So what I have learned from the fact that this is, you know, I, I knew going into this that it was going to be a series. So um, it was a kind of not throw the kitchen sink at it in terms of backstory. It's kind of you know, let me slowly introduce you to these characters and, and you'll grow to, you, you'll learn more about them as time goes on. So, but obviously they've got to get past the first book or even get the first book first. Um, but yeah, I think I'm pretty certain, I don't know anyone who's read this of, of my art readers who don't like this. So... 
we all loved it from what I could gather from all the reviews. I think they're pretty much all five stars, aren't they? Well, yeah, I think other than one so far, but that's, you know, it's often the case with art readers because sometimes, you know, they're overly generous to you because they know you or they're part of that group. So um, it's kind of when, you know, I mean, it's always, they give me a good insight, an early insight into how well it will be received. And then the uh, the blog tour, the bloggers come across with their opinions and they're, they're vitally important too because, um Again, they might like my work, but they're not necessarily um, would necessarily give me a better review than I deserve, if you know what I mean. Um, and then it comes down to people who buy it and, and then read it, and we'll see what they say. So the early reviews are often very high, and then it slowly dwindles down. But I don't get, you know, other than those horrible drive-by one stars that people don't leave a review for, and they just do. You know, arseholes. Um, I, I don't. I don't get many awful reviews. Um, you know, I think you know a lot of people just can't be bothered. Probably, they really think, "Oh, this is so bleeding awful. I just can't be asked to review it." But I think I don't think there's anything other than the subject matter in this one to really offend anybody. No Definitely not. <laughs> Um, that reminds me of one of my questions, actually, that I started asking. Have you had any weird or funny feedback? On, on this book? Or on any on any that you've written? Um, no, not weird or, or odd, but I've had feedback that doesn't make an awful lot of sense. So... <laughs> I always remember this American bloke reviewing um, Bear to the Bone. And he said, oh, you know, it's a typically British book. There's, there's no guns, there's no car chases, and there's no dead bodies. And that was at a time when you could actually respond. And because it, it was my first book, and I didn't really know, you know, that you aren't supposed to respond. I did just put in there, I did just put as a comment, yeah, I mean, you're right. Apart from the fact that it has people being killed by guns, it does have a car chase and it has several dead bodies. You're absolutely spot on. <laughs> I, I, I thought, I don't know. The most complaints I ever, I got, ever got was for that first book, and that was because he had two dogs, which he kept at home, and people complained that, you know, the, the poor dogs were being shut up at home all day. Never mind the dead bodies, never mind that people were being killed, never mind that he loved the dogs and took them for walks regularly. They were shut up all day. You're a monster. Um, so that was that. Um, and then there was the guy I mentioned him before who pulled me up about if fear wins um, and said about the uh, Air Force base that, oh, you know, it's preposterous. They'd never allow non-Air Force vehicles onto the site. And he really tore into me because of it. When, in fact, I'd been speaking for weeks to the people at my local Air Force base. Um, so it's stuff like that that's very weird because people are very, very certain about something. Um, and they can be very, very mistaken. And sometimes you wonder if they've even read your book or if they've read it and just not understood. And if they don't understand, maybe that's my fault. Maybe I haven't written it properly. 
But I just feel when people are so adamant, and of course they write their review and it's there. And someone's going to look at it and go, oh, well, this arsehole doesn't even do his own research, you know. Um, what can you do? There's, yeah, I, I, but I've not, I've not had many... I don't have many kooks, you know. I don't have many people who um, are outrageous with their comments, you know. Apart from me. <laughs> I've got to take this all the time. As I said to you before, Anne, I've got a stinking cold and, you know, I'm trying to keep my throat lubricated with it, something other than Guinness. <laughs> I hope you're having a Guinness later to celebrate. This is, this is alcohol in here. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> is that your uh, secret? You're just an alcoholic who sits there all day with a bottle of uh, what vodka? Or... <laughs> is that a secret? I don't know. I thought everybody knew that about me. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, I ask questions in your art group and in my Facebook group for everyone else to ask you. As I yeah. usually do all the hard work, so I'd let them ask questions. So I have a few. <laughs> I can't guarantee to answer them all truthfully. <laughs> well, that's pretty, that's your choice anyway, isn't it, to be honest? <laughs> yeah. Um, Naomi, lovely Naomi, my fellow uh, hardcore blisset, <laughs> <laughs> wants to know, do you have any routines when writing, i.e. lucky socks or eating three Kit Kats a day? <laughs> oh, I wish. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, I have to, uh, I would love to sit here. I had this idea of perhaps having a little bowl of little treats that I could just reach into, you know. Um, but unfortunately, because I'm diabetic, um, they would have to be carrot sticks. And, uh, um, so um, it's one of those weird things. I don't actually have any writing routines. So I think probably that's because I write in various places and at various times. So I could be sitting up reading in bed and something will float into my mind, so I'll reach for a notepad and start writing stuff. Or I could be sitting in my living room and I'll do it. I'll either write it on notepad or get my downstairs laptop and open that up and work on that, you know. So I think because I don't have... When I'm in my office, as I am now, I just, you know... I just sit down and write and I don't have any odd things that I, you know, I don't have anything that I have to squeeze or, or poke or, you know, I don't have anything. I don't drink a lot other than water or tea during the day. Um, so, yeah, I'm, it's quite boring, really. I don't have one of those little foibles when I'm writing. But I'd love to have one. Well, it's never too late. You've still got time. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose the, one, the, the only thing I do every day is, is look around at the little stuffed creatures that I have around. And uh, occasionally I have a little chat with them before I start writing about, OK, let's make today a good one, lads. <laughs> right, OK. I don't think there's anything odd about that, is there? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, I think it was Naomi that asked as well. Um, both Bliss and Royston are good characters with a sliver of mischief. Uh, and determination to do the right thing. How much do you identify with these characteristics? Well, the mischief, certainly. Um, uh, the, the determined to do the right thing. I suppose when I was working, yeah, I was a fundamental thing with me. 
you know, do it right or don't do it at all. Um, and not everyone bought into that. You know, not everybody who worked with me or for me bought into that same kind of ideal. Um, but yeah, it was always. I just, I just think that about when you're working is, you know, you do the job or properly or don't do it at all. But yeah, mischief. Um, I've, yeah, I mean, since since I was a, a toddler, really, I've been mischievous. It's got me into a shitload of trouble down the years. Um, and I don't, you know, my message tells me I've not grown up yet. And I keep telling her I'm running out of time to grow, grow up. I might as well not bother. <laughs> well, she married you anyway, so she's stuck it with is. you now. I know, so who's the idiot? Yeah, exactly. She's got a contract signed to say, so for better or worse. <laughs> I don't think she considers it a contract. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. More written on the back of, uh, you know, an envelope, you know, a, a suggestion. <laughs> well, she's still stuck with you, so. Yeah, she is, yeah. <laughs> Bless her. Um, Verna um, wants to know about merch. <laughs> and I said, oh, oh my God. <laughs> she won't quit. She will not quit about merchandise, but, uh, you know, I've, I've not seen her put stuff on the market yet. Um, now, as, as I've said to you before, other people have asked about merch, and uh, other than, oh, look, let me show you, other than these nice bookmarks for the Huntsman and these little postcards, which I include with all the books I send out, um, other than those kind of little bits, to be frank, I just, you know, it's one of those things where I said to you, uh, I can't, I can't afford to have stock sitting on the shelves because no one's bloody interested in buying it, you know, and I, um, I don't have the kind of ego that says, well, of course people are going to buy it. If you, <laughs> if you, if you show it to them, they're bound to want it. Um, no, that don't that don't work. I'm afraid. I, do, I I always assume that if I buy ten, I'm going to have nine on the shelf. The the one is going to go to my missus. That's it. Well, you know that me and Verna and Naomi, probably Amanda and Maggie, would all buy. <laughs> so that's hard. I don't, I don't. I don't believe any of you would. <laughs> of course we would. Me and Amanda and Naomi are like proper, we would descend on Peterborough. You do know this. <laughs> I did threaten you with that, didn't I? Me and Amanda. You did, yeah. It depends what it is, I suppose, in terms of that kind of stuff. But, you know, it, it does feel just a little bit presumptuous. <laughs> That's how I see it. You know, me ordering all this stuff and thinking people are going to buy it, you know. That's just it. It's... Um, I mean, I've done a giveaway before, you know, probably about two years ago. I did a giveaway of a, like, a T-shirt, tote bag, um, a mug, a couple of other bits. I did that as a part of a giveaway prize. So I might do one of those again. Awesome. Um, Bernard also wanted to know if you're planning on writing any more standalones. Um, well, the short answer is no. Um, I don't, because I don't really plan like that. Um, if an idea come pops into my, I mean, I have planned in my head. I'm, I'm writing, um, I'm writing the next bliss now. Hopefully, the follow up to the huntsman. Um, 
and I may still squeeze in the uh, third uh, But if an idea comes to me while I'm writing or at any other point in time, and it and it digs its way into my skull, Huntsman did. That could be a standalone, for all I know. It really, it really just depends. You know, when the Huntsman came to me, I thought. I could see that being a series. That's that immediately said series to me. Um, whereas Fifteen Coffins, for example, was mainly standalone in my head. Even though other people have said they'd like to see another one, it's you know, and Degrees of Darkness standalone. It was it's kind of these some things you see continuing, and some some things are a one off. Um, and if that idea came to me, yeah, then I wouldn't. Already- I would not write it if you say um, but I don't have anything planned. Right. <clears throat> Especially now I've got a second series, um, you know, because that yeah, I've got to put some time and effort into seeing that develop. Um, Rosie would like to know, if you followed your childhood dreams, what would you have become? Depends which part of my childhood. So two things: I'd, I'd love to have been, um, I'd love to have uh, been a footballer. So when I was much younger, I wanted to play, um, um, and I, I was never, I was, I was never good enough nor dedicated enough, really. Um, but for much of my life, uh, what I would have been as a musician. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've played guitar since I was 10 or 11. Um, I play other instruments too. I've written songs. I've recorded stuff. Um, you know, played in various bands and with various musicians. And I used to love it, but I knew it was... I didn't... Again, it's having that next percentage of dedication. <coughs> and I didn't have it. I didn't have enough in me to go on to become a professional musician. Um, but when I look back, if there's anything I would have liked to have been, it would have been that, yeah. Playing at um, on stage at the Hammersmith Odeon in London, uh, which is my favourite venue. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have done that. Um, she also asked, if Bliss was picked up for TV, who would be your first choices for Bliss and Penny? <laughs> The Huntsman. Oh, I've never thought about it. <laughs> Did you say the Huntsman? Well, no, I, I said Bliss, but I want to know oh, about the Bliss. Huntsman as well. Okay. Um, with Bliss, yeah, I've said about with Bliss before that for some reason, Sean Pertwee has always, well, not always, since I first thought about him being Bliss, I can't now get him out of my head. And the only reason is is because I saw him in an episode of a TV show called Elementary. Um, And he played a a London cop in that. And it was just while looking at him and I thought, oh, you know, he'd make a good bliss. You know, he's he's not outrageously handsome or beyond, you know, handsy, craggy. And he's, yeah, I thought he was just right. But for some reason, Penny Chandler came to me much earlier, um, and that was Claire Goose. I just, I, I've, I've, 
I didn't picture Claire Goose first. When I thought who she might be, Claire Goose came into my head, and I don't really know why, but again, ever since that, I've never seen anyone. There was a there was someone in another show called Vexed. He was in the second series of Vexed. I can't remember her name, but uh, when I saw her, I thought, mm, yeah, maybe she. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't, to, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't th ever think about Bliss getting picked up for TV because it's just... You know, it's such a, such a wild notion. I'd love it, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see it ever happening. And what about the husband? You know, there's, there's loads of more famous and uh, better uh, series out there that have never been picked up for tea or, or have only recently been, you know, so uh, mine haven't been around long enough. Um, yeah, was it uh, Bridgerton? Uh, it was like 20 years ago that was written before that was picked up for TV. So you never know. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. But just my luck, I'll be dead when it is. <laughs> <laughs> my missus will benefit from it. <laughs> well, she needs to benefit from something from being married to you, doesn't she? She does, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, someone else asked me if you thought that Chelsea would win the league this year. I can't remember who oh, it was, but God, I bet that was Jan Waters. Could have been. I, honestly, I should have written it down, but I can't remember. Uh, oh, is that a serious question? I believe if it's so. A serious question. The answer is no. <laughs> At least you're not an Arsenal fan, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, to be quite honest, there's no other team in the country that I like. In fact, I hate them all <laughs> with a passion. So anyone who wins it, you know, annoys me. Um, but there's a few that I could go, yeah, all right, you know, if they got a win. It's like I, I didn't win when Leicester won it the other year. That was that was quite good. Um, yeah. But, you know, um, it's it's either you know if we don't win it, I don't want anyone else to win it. And, you know, I, I want the ground to open up and swallow both teams whole in any final that we're not in. I've been a Luton Town supporter. Just yeah, well, you know, <laughs> life gets tough sometimes. <laughs> My old man was an Orient supporter, so you know, never saw much success. Oh, we got smashed five nil, and then we sort of had a steady thing. Then we won five nil. Then we drew nil nil. Okay, I don't know. Well, you have to remember that when I started supporting Chelsea and for many years afterwards, they were shite. You know, uh, the, the, um, the mid-70s mid to early 80s was a, just a horrendous. And, and, you know, they could have gone down to the third division at one point. Um, you know, they, I, I, went up to, I went up to Bolton to watch them play and we needed to win the game and just, otherwise we would have gone down and um, yeah we won that game stayed and the following year were promoted so uh, yeah it's um, yeah they could have been you know I, I, I say it people when they kind of you know they say I say Chelsea and they go oh, you know I say, but you know I, I went to all those games when we were rubbish and followed them around the country when we were rubbish and remember getting segregated when you got off the train and herded into the ground with horses alongside you. 
so as you wouldn't drift away and thump someone, although I never intended to do that. <laughs> I'd say it never happened, but I never intended to. <laughs> I won't ask. <laughs> um, Linda Checkley has some quick fire questions for you, so you're not allowed to think about the answers. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, so, uh, tea or coffee? Tea. Full English or continental? Oh, full English. Uh, fish and chips or roast dinner? Oh, roast dinner. Uh, holiday UK or abroad? Abroad. Summer or winter? Winter. Why France or boxers? <laughs> boxers. Uh, Diana Ross or Beyonce? Oh, neither. Fuck them. <laughs> A bit harsh. <laughs> Stephen King or William Shakespeare? Stephen King. Book or Kindle? Book. Uh, film or documentary? Film. Cat or dog? Dog. Chocolate or sweets? What was that? Chocolate or sweets? Mm, chocolate. That's it. That's all of them. Well, I did all right, didn't I? Maybe yeah. I didn't think. <laughs> I know, we can't be having that. Good God. God knows what will happen. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. If I think about things too often, you'll get a dozen answers and they'll all be weird. <laughs> that happens anyway. <laughs> it does, yeah. Which is why quickfire is quite good for me. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps mm -hmm. I'd have to change my um, interview method when I speak to you. Yeah, snap them out and I'll snap them back. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> that sounded a bit outrageous. Yeah, let's, let me revise what I just said. See, that's what can happen when I just say what's in my head. Snap <laughs> them out, just... snap them back. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's looking less and less likely. <laughs> um, and I have some funny questions I found when I was looking. Um. Have you ever Googled yourself? I have. I will, say, I will say it wasn't out of um, any real... I mean, everyone says that, don't they? Oh, don't, you know, I'm not interested. <laughs> it was... I looked it up because I was asked and I didn't know the answer. What would come up if you Googled yourself? So I Googled myself to find out. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's amazing what shit they've got on there. Any uh, interesting secrets that we can find out if we Google, Jeff? Well, nothing interesting about me, so there'd be nothing there. Fortunately, there's nothing about my past on there. So, uh, you know, it's all... I, I was born four years ago. That was about, it, you know, four or five years ago. Um, in, in, you know, fully-fledged as this, as this author. Um, nothing ever happened before that. Mm. <laughs> um, have you ever had any nicknames? Yeah, funny enough, uh, about a month ago, I mentioned this to my wife, and she—I'd never told her before. When I was when I was a kid, I was called Budgie, and the reason I was called Budgie is because there was a character on TV played by Adam Faith called Budgie, and um, he was a bit of a, a bit of a Jack the Lad. And, you know, I, I won't deny I was a bit of a jack-o'-lad when I was younger. You know, I was 
you know, uh, nobody would have liked me then. Um, I didn't like myself and, you know, uh, but people kind of, because I wore the same kind of clothes as him and my hair was the same as him, you know, which was long and, um, I mean, it was really long in those days. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was my, that's the only nickname I've ever had. But it was, yeah, Budgie. <clears throat> Um, if you were to become a leader of a country, what's the first law you would introduce? Oh, my God. Depends <clears throat> what country, I suppose. Free ice cream for everybody. <laughs> Men, food, all the time, nothing <laughs> else. <laughs> okay, then what's the most unusual thing you've ever eaten? Um... Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes to that kind of stuff. If somebody said this is, you know, is a fried cockroach, I'd say, no. I, w I was watching um, uh, Michael Palin's uh, adventures recently. I saw them donkeys years ago. I watched them again. And the rubbish that he eats. Or drinks. There was this drink that he had, and the guy told him after he'd had a sip of it that made instead of fermenting his sugar, the women of the village chew it first and then spit it out, and that's why he was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so stuff like that. No, I, you know, I don't think I've eaten anything outrageous. I've chanced a few greasy cafes in my time, <laughs> greasy spoons. There was. There was this um, cafe we used to go to in Morgenstow. Um, it's called um, it was called Ron's Caf, uh, but we used to call it uh, Bottlerism Alley. Um, <laughs> but we still went there. Now <laughs> I don't even begin to understand why, but we all, you know, whatever you ordered, it came up swimming in grease, you know. Even if it was porridge, you know, if it was toast, swimming in grease. Um, and we used to eat it and we used to love it. And then we used to get ill afterwards. But we'd go, you know, the following Saturday before we went down the, the record shop in the Ron's Cafe. Yeah. So that was chance in my arm, believe me, because I've no idea what he served up in sausages. <laughs> Um, what's the best and worst gift you've ever received? Best and worst gift? Mm. Ah. The actual person. These are tough ones. I know. I, mean, I, could, I could really hurt someone's feelings. I'm on like, um, interview number five now. <laughs> I need to bring something extra out. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, can I come back to that one? No. Okay, I won't, I won't answer it then. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsor. <laughs> um, I, genu I genuinely don't know the answer to that, I'll be honest. Okay, I'll let you think about it. Even okay. if it's just best. If you don't want to yeah. answer worst, that's fine. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll ever think. Um, have you ever had any secret admirers? How would I know? <laughs> well, usually they're weird <laughs> and they let you know somehow or other. 
<laughs> you mean secret admirer who became not so secret? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I can't say that. <laughs> I can't answer that. No, that's impossible to answer. I'll ask you after we finish recording. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll okay. give you an answer then. Um, what's something you'll never do again? <laughs> Another bloody interview. <laughs> <laughs> you love me too much to say no. Actually, you asked me. Something I will never do again. Um, have a healthy back. Um, <laughs> climb Mount Everest. No, didn't do that before, did I? Um, something I'll never do again. Um, I will never be a bad boy again. That implies that you stopped at some point. I, I stopped yesterday, actually. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> I can't get up. <laughs> um, I don't believe that. <laughs> you know, it's an interesting question, though. What wouldn't I do again? What, because well, I didn't like it, or that's the way my yeah. mind works. I'm kind of thinking all round it now. What's the permutations of this question? How deep a hole could I dig myself? Yeah. <laughs> um, what will I never do again? Well, I'll, I'll never go on a first date again. There you go. Eat an answer. <laughs> never get married again. I'm sure I will be thrilled to hear that. <laughs> yep. The current Mrs. Forder will be thrilled. <laughs> Bless her. Poor soul. <laughs> okay, I'll stop asking you horrible questions now, and I will ask you which I'm sure everyone will want to know about the new bliss. If there is one. Yeah, well, um, a good way into it, again, um, because I started writing one and uh, probably it felt like I was about two thirds of the way through it and it really wasn't working for me. So uh, I set it aside for a little while, um, did a few other things. When I came back to it, it didn't do it for me. I tried to change it, tried to improve it, but it didn't work. The storyline didn't work for me. So I kept a kind of um, sub-story, the, um, the kind of, you know, I always had two or three little threads going on in addition to the main story. And one of those threads... Um, I wanted to keep, so I, I, I kept hold of that and merged it into the new story. Um, so I, I kind of sat there one day thinking, what else am I going to write? And I came up with about four suggestions. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but I actually put them on my Facebook group. And it was of absolutely no help whatsoever because between <laughs> you all, you all chose them all. Um, so I've gone with one that uh, part, there's, there's two parts to it, okay, two stories. Um, one is when, and you you might remember this bit because this was going to be in the original book, and I think it is, where Jimmy Bliss goes out late at night to meet with somebody who's going to show him a car that looks suspicious, um, which turns out to be... Um, he looks like it's been carjacked and someone has been hurt inside the car. And that's how it opens. And it's not quite a major crimes case, he doesn't think, but he's a bit 
he's a bit disturbed as to what's happened to whoever this driver was. So um, he gets himself involved, but on the next day, something else happens, which snags away his attention, which is that um, somebody, essentially it looks as though they've killed themselves on a railway line, they've stepped in front of a train, but a witness is convinced that they didn't do so willingly. And so um, he's kind, it's kind of one of these things where I, I don't know why I do it to myself, but I, I kind of think let's not make it too obvious. So neither of these cases is really a major crimes case on the face of it. But he gets a sense that there's something about each one that's not quite right. And he wants to give himself a day to kind of work with it and see if he can see that there's actually, because essentially there's no crime being committed as far as he can tell. He doesn't know what crimes. Um, and that's how it begins. And, um, you know, both of them go on to prove to be something more than they first appear. Um, so, yeah, it's um, now that I'm, I was a bit, yeah, because the first bunch of writing hadn't really worked out. Um, but once I've now I've got into this one, um, got into the full swing of it, I'm enjoying it. Um, so I'm feeling much better about this story. And yeah, I can see where it's going and hopefully where it's going to end up. And it's very different to what I suspected it might be, as they tend to be for me. The, the best ones for me when I'm working on them is that they go in a direction that I hadn't expected. Um, that's when I, and I think that's what was wrong with the other one. It was too predictable to me. So I felt it would be too predictable to the reader. And this one wasn't predictable to me. Um, so consequently, that's made me feel quite good about it. And um, yeah, I'm I'm not even halfway, well, just under halfway through it, it feels to me. I don't quite know because I don't know the word count. I never do a word count. Um, not really. I get a sense of where I am in the book. Um, and it will be as long as it is, you know. Um, so they, I always think they're going to end up short and they end up overrunning. So uh, that's the nature of them. Um, yes, and I've introduced, I got a little bit stuck last week and I felt it needed just something and that came to me. So I've written a a couple of separate chapters which I need to slot in and then work the rest of the book through. It's uh, it's a bit strange the way these pieces kind of slot together. It's, it's not seamless in the writing, believe me. <laughs> yeah, so there will be another blues. This one I will finish. Um, and but I, you know, I originally hoped to have another book out this year. Uh, well, this one might make it. So what I'm hoping to do, if I could pull my finger out and actually get this one written, um, is in February, when I get my rights back to my first five and I relaunch the first five, um, I, I will probably do that and then have this one. So that's my aim at the moment. But... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm also, there's things that get in the way, you know, and um, at the moment we're, we're kind of gone back to house hunting again, and uh, oh, that's a couple of 
it might take up more time because, as you know, we're looking to move quite some distance away. So that involves a bit of travelling. So, uh, yeah, I'm not getting as much writing done as I've hoped, but uh, I, yeah, hopefully. And as I mentioned to you before this began, um, I've already started the sequel to The Huntsman. Um, so I know where that story is going as well. Yeah, yeah I've got I've got some, a decent amount ahead of me. Fabulous. <laughs> well, I don't have any more questions, and I think you've mentioned everything that you wanted to. I think there was something about a new book today, maybe. So maybe you just want to hold that. I've got a new book out. Yeah, apparently. Have I mentioned that? Amazon I'm not sure if I've mentioned it. Hold on a minute. Yeah. Just in case I haven't. <laughs> this is my new book. I don't know if anyone's seen this around, but that is the new book. It's called, what's it called? It's called The Huntsman. It's helped me by surprise there for a moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's about, but, um, you know, supposedly it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. I urge everybody, and I mean everybody in the entire world, to go out and buy it. And I second that. Yeah. Because I it. apparently... <laughs> Quite a lot of people living in India are now into my book. So that's, um, yeah, I mentioned that the other day because it, it it kind of came as a complete shock to me because America has always been my second biggest, followed by Australia um, in terms of market. But all of a sudden, India, yeah, I'm doing quite well in India. So I, I, I don't know how that happened or I'll just cut it, you know, It'll uh, keep the walls from the door, I know, for another few weeks. <laughs> weeks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, India, buy more books. <laughs> well, there's enough of them. <laughs> there are plenty, but I hear some of them are quite poor, so. Mm, yeah, me too. Yeah. So I don't think many of them will uh, be getting their Kindles out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, no, it's, it's a surprising market. Um, you know, I, I'm aware that India exists, but I wasn't aware that they knew I did. <laughs> well, there you go. So you now, go. You, yeah. now your Very head's nice going to be even bigger. <laughs> you had to get it in, didn't you? You had to get it to head size. <laughs> you can see me on the screen. My head is in direct proportion to my shoulders and the rest of my body. But somehow it has to contain this massive brain. And ego. Which is I mean, there's only one brain cell in there. You can hear it rolling around. It's like one of those little dice tumblers that, you know, you shake. I go like that, you can hear my brain cell rattling. But it's a very, very big brain comprising of a single cell. Yeah. Yes. Now I've managed to sneak that in. Then that's yeah. all I have for you. <laughs> You said you weren't going to, I believe. Did I? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure before we began this, you said you weren't going to mention the size of my head. I couldn't resist. That was too tempting. The thing is, you mean it in one way, and as I've said to you this before, my wife says I've got a big head, but she means it. She means physically I've got a big head. <laughs> she means physically big, and I just don't see it. I can't, I can't ever buy a hat that fits, so that might I haven't got a good head for hats. No, no, I haven't got a hat face either. No, I've got a balaclava face. 
I'm saying nothing. <laughs> You've already said the business. You've said enough. Before we go off on random tangents, would you just like to remind everyone where they can find out more about you if they so desire? And who wouldn't? <laughs> well, on my website, um, of course, um, what's it called? TonyJForder.com. Um, there's a few good links there, one of which is a link to a link page. And that shows you all my links to my Amazon author page. Uh, it has links to um, fantastic fiction and um, what else has it got? Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. So it's one page of links. And there's a link on my website that will take you to that if you need to know more stuff. But uh, the Amazon author page is always uh, pretty good because it shows my series in order and stuff like that um but you know obviously I, you know anyone who wants to go to my website and especially if they want to sign up for the newsletter um please do tonyjfolder.com on the front page you'll see this now this is a new book i've written oh you've written a new one you should have yeah. said man well while we've <laughs> while we've been talking i've been writing this book and it's called the huntsman um, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I just thought I'd mention it because I don't, yeah, no, thank you very much again. It's always a pleasure. Uh, well, you're very welcome. Thank you very much for entertaining me and having you on your fabulous show once again. And, um, yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing it on the YouTube and then stealing it to put on my channel. Oh, yeah, that's the other link, YouTube channel. Yeah, you're so good at this promo stuff, aren't you? Mostly with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, uh, can I promo something? I just want to promo one thing, if you'll just bear with me. Um, yeah, next Wednesday um, on UK CBC. Seven o'clock with uh, Sam. So awesome. That's next Wednesday. I shall I shall put that out across social media just so people know. And uh, yeah, um, hopefully people will even have some of the questions that you've had this time because I was stymied by some of them. I've got to tell you. But that's thank you for having me again. It's been a real pleasure. It really has it. always. Thank you. <laughs>